0: mostly my wife turned up and my son turned up on tuesday so it's been mostly a good week in case you go looking for my whoop, in case you go looking for my son he's he doesn't have to quarantine but what he does have to do is stay away from crowds just for the moment because he's not double vaccinated he's a bit too young so he's up in my office but he will be around and uh, he will be when he's out of that sort of soft isolation, if you want to call it that, he'll be in church causing mayhem, running up and down and uh, enjoying himself. But when I say mostly, what I mean is, is that I have loved the fact that my wife and son are here. Okay, that, that's, it's just awesome. Except for 4 a.m. when jet lag has kicked in to them, but not me. So I don't have jet lag. But I do have a wife that wakes up and moves around and stirs and then as soon as as she noticed I was awake because of her, she started talking to me as if it's her right that I should be awake. And and once you start talking, then it's very difficult to get back to sleep because your mind is going. So mostly I'm really excited that my wife is here. But anyway, there you go, Uh, I'm in trouble now. But it's okay because i brought my entourage along with it, me again. And uh, good to have the guys here. The, uh, I'm not going to get this right. Discipleship. Disciple Christian Motorcycle. Not Samco. No. For those of you that are in the know, you will know. If you know, you know. But there you go. It does, I don't know. It, it feels like the world is on fire at the moment. And, uh, you know, just with even the stuff, the two simple things that we've talked about this morning, um, it, it feels like what on earth is going on? And I actually want to address that this morning, if I can. Not the specific stuff, but the bigger picture. And I'm speaking through to our online community. I'm speaking, obviously, to you guys that are in the room and those that maybe listen again a bit later or even listen anew a bit later on in the week. But it feels like the world is on fire. You know, we've got, we've got the people stuff, what's going on in, in Afghanistan at the moment, which is just unbelievable. The Taliban are back in the government system that was there before. and People are trying to lay blame all over the place, lay blame outside of the Taliban, which is really strange. So you've got that going on. and. And I, I text my friend, Jay Watt, who, who's back in, in Newcastle, and uh, he's Afghani, young guy, and he actually made his way. An incredible story. I wish I could get him here and just help him unpack a bit of his story, but things were just so bad when he came. He, he, he came clinging to the bottom of a truck. And, and, and that, that in itself is an amazing story, and got here, and... and uh, made a decision to follow Jesus, an incredible young man. And so that's happening in Afghanistan. And then we've got the, the, the earthquake, the, the next earthquake in Haiti. So that's not people stuff, it's nature stuff, but, but a whole load of stuff, friend of mine Uh, Michael Siney was out there a few years ago and he sort of travels the world building houses and where there's been natural disasters like that. So he was in Haiti at the first earthquake and then he went to Vanuatu and then he went to Syria. So he's been all over the place to to help put infrastructure back in and remember him coming back the first time and just said, it is a mess. You know What's happening out there, even with the, the stuff that had gone on before. And because we live in such an amazing country, it almost feels like we can disassociate ourselves, but we can't. We cannot disassociate ourselves from what is happening in the world. There are our brothers and sisters, and whether and I don't mean fellow Christians, but you know when we think about Af- Afghanistan, there are certain communities that are going to get hit really, really, really badly. The Christian community and any other religion is going to get hit badly. Women. Already, you can see what's going on there and just the women are being subjugated yet again. The LGBTQI community, again, just the stuff that's going on there that doesn't matter whether you agree with it or not. Not interested in that, but a group of people being whipped and beaten and tortured just because of who they are. That has no right in our world. And this is nothing to do really with my message, but I want us to pray into that. And I want us to continue to pray into it. As a church, let's commit to praying. And and if you want to give, you know, one of the things that that we want to be able to do is, you know, this isn't a a church run thing. This is if you want to give and something's stirring in your heart, give through to world vision. Go to worldvision.ca. That's the Canadian thing, and you'll be able to get through. One of the things I love about World Vision is that it's not just driven by disaster or need, it's actually driven by faithful presence. They've been there many, many years, both in Haiti and in Afghanistan. And so the the work that they do is not just the, the stuff of the moment, it's actually the stuff of the decades to try and bring peace, to try and bring something into that community to work with people. And so if you wanna give I'd encourage you, go, go give through world vision. You ready to get in the word? Why don't you stand with me as we pray? Father God, I thank you for your house. I thank you for this place, this, this small part of your body. This representation of who you are. God, we're believing that as we open our hearts and minds this morning, God, that you'll do something different. I pray, I pray particularly for those that are feeling the brokenness today. God, that somehow you will bring healing, that somehow you will bring your, who you are, the, the healing, the peace, the restoration of the Holy Spirit into their lives, whether they're in the room or praying right at this moment online. I pray for those that don't know you, again, whether they're in the room in the moment or online, later, God, I pray that something, somehow they will catch a glimpse of who you are, catch a glimpse of your love and your, your attitude towards us. God, I pray that they, you will reveal yourself in their hearts and minds. In the name of Jesus, amen, amen. Why don't you grab your seats? Have you, ever, have you ever looked at people and thought, I could never be like them. I could never, I could never do what they do. Do you know, as, as kids, we, we believe we can do anything, don't we? Unfortunately, at times, that causes some consternation for parents as they see their kids jumping off the top bunk or jumping off the roof, believing that they can fly. Sure we've been there, but we believe we can do anything. We could fly, we could walk on water, we could play hockey for Canada, we could do anything. But somewhere, as we grow up, we become sensible. Something changes. We have a we get slapped about a bit by reality and circumstances, and for some of us. In some terms, growing up means giving up. 2008, both the Ontario and Quebec provincial governments, the transport agency, part of those, they set in motion and enacted legislation that made most trucks in the area restrict their maximum speed to 105 kilometers per hour. Don't know if you knew that, but now you do. You see, you come to church and you learn. It's good. In 2022, next year, in Europe, right across Europe, all cars that are built for Europe will have speed limiters. Many supercars already have speed limiters. My boy loves supercars, and he especially loves the Bugatti Chiron. It is a stunningly beautiful car. The, the Bugatti Chiron has been limited to under 420 kilometers per hour. Now, I mean, that's, that's tough, isn't it? Like, that's all I can do? Wow. But you can only do that if you actually have a special key. Anyone else, any one of us that buys, and we're all now thinking I'd like a Bugatti v- Chiron. Not the Viron, that's an old car. The Chiron is the new one. That's actually limited unless you have that special key to 380 kilometers per hour. (sighs) I want the special key. So I want us to think a bit about that type of thing, because a while back, I began to wonder what speed limits or capacity limits I had put on my life. Have I limited my capacity? Now, in case you're, you're thinking, this is just another positive mental attitude talk, it really isn't, stay with me. Because I want to talk about faith. I want to talk about our faith and who we are, but not really about my faith level. Because I could just stand up here and say, hey, if you want something, have more faith. I, actually, when you read through the New Testament, it's not always about our faith. Jesus healed people who didn't even know what he was or who he was. So it had nothing to do with their faith. So the question I really should be asking is, have I put a limit on God's ability. See, this, this sermon's not about you. We're continuing with our series of God Is. And over this series, I myself and other preachers, my wife Dee is going to be speaking next week. I'm excited about that. She always brings a really great perspective on, on the things from a different way of looking at things. But I want to introduce, we want to introduce you to the real God because In this place, and online as well, as you're listening, there are so many perceptions and misperceptions of who the real God is. And I'm not saying, I'm, you know, I know everything and I'm going to... But maybe I can just tweak your thinking if that's okay. We want to introduce you to the God who loves you. The God who brings justice. The God who is jealous for you. The God who consumes what is not you and makes you more of who he created you to be. And so today, I want to introduce us to God is able.
1: God is able, and he will never fail. And he is almighty God, greater than all.
0: your dreams and prayers maybe you've grown up and given up maybe there was a time when when you when we believed we could accomplish anything if you're a follower of Jesus maybe you were praying for something and because time and circumstances have got in there maybe you've given up praying Maybe we've had God inspired dreams, God inspired visions and aspirations, and because we haven't seen them fulfilled in, in our time scale, have we given up when we've grown up? You see, we often look at what's happened to us within our current circumstances, and, and those can become the life limiters. I can't do this because. Now I get there are physical and financial limits to what we can do. I cannot, I wish I could. I cannot jump off here and miss the ground. We call that flying, don't we? It's basically when you fall and miss the ground, that's flying. That's physically impossible. But see, quite a few years ago, two brothers, Wilbur and Orville, decided that they wanted to fly and that they were going to overcome not their own physical attributes and things, but the physics. And they flew. And now we have airplanes all over the world. And we we look at we look at those circumstances, but there's a problem. You see, unlike the Canadian legislation, the supercar manufacturers they weren't legislated. They weren't told put these speed limits on your Ferrari or on your R8, I think it is the Bugatti Chiron they weren't told that they introduced those themselves and put their own on and maybe for some of us, the circumstances have been external, but maybe some of it's been internal, have we have we limited what God wants to do through us and in us so in growing up, have you given up? Maybe we have the legitimate excuse that, you know what, COVID has just caused us all in our society and in community to go within ourselves. It's done something to our psyche that's, that's maybe just left us a little bit broken down. So over the last year, 18 months or so, I've seen strong people give up and I've seen weak people rise up but it comes down to faith we can place our our faith in people can't we but we've been let down some of you in this room i know personally have been let down but don't forget as well you i have let people down we all have faith But it's just what or who we place that faith in that's the problem. So where's my faith placed? Where is your faith placed? If I place my faith in myself, even as followers of Christ, it's about how much faith can I stir up? And yes, I get the Bible talks about stirring up faith. But if I place it in myself, I will see my abilities or my lack If my my faith is placed in Christ, then I start to see beyond my abilities and imagine what could be because his strength is in me. The same spirit, it says, that rose, that overcame death, lives and abides in me. Our problem, my problem. Corporately, together, I think too often we want to be the hero of the story. Anyone else with me? We want to be the hero of the story too often. My faith is in me. And we read and we have the attitude of, I am able. We place faith in our institutions, in church. I love church. I think I've said this here before, but I want one of the things that I want written on my gravestone. I'm not ready to go yet, not quite yet. But passion or zeal for his house has consumed him. I want you to see something in me that, that loves the church in all her brokenness, in all her beauty. But I love this church as well. But we, if I place my faith in the church, I am going to be disappointed. We place our faith in the media. Wow, so much information, so little communion. Why are we so surprised and upset that the online and the tabloids sensationalize everything and create fear? It's been doing that for many years. Let's not be surprised about that. But also, let's not place our faith in it. Government and politicians, we, well, I think most of us have stepped back from having our faith in them. But we still do and we're still disappointed. See, all have a li- very limited capacity for, filling, for fulfilling the faith that we have in them so who is able faith that we have isn't just a belief system it's about reliance you see we can say we have faith i have faith in jesus i believe in jesus but you see it's really telling when we become reliant on him oh we am i reliant on him. Who, who am I relying on? Am I relying on him, or am I relying on myself? We want someone, and we need someone we can fully trust. The, the Bible says in Romans 10, that our faith is built from hearing the word of God. So I want to build faith. Not just by inspiring you and giving you some positive mental talk today. I want to read a few verses from the Word of God. Ephesians three seventeen to 21 says this, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide, how long, how high and deep is the love of Christ. Do you get this? Paul is saying to the church here, I don't just want you to be in love. I actually want you to know and experience that love. And to know that this love that surpasses knowledge. And that you may be filled to the the measure of all the fullness of God. Out of him who is able. God is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. According to his power. Not my power. Not my abilities. Not even my faith but his power that, is, work, that it is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Jesus Christ through all generations forever and ever. Amen. You See, faith is not just a belief that God is real. It's a reliance and a belief in his authority and acting, knowing that he is in charge. There's an account of, Jesus and and a Roman centurion comes to him. Now, if if you're sort of on the edge of faith or never stepped into faith, maybe you've never read this account. But this is an incredible encounter that Jesus has, and the enemy comes to Jesus and asks him for a favor, asks him to heal, and he relies on, he steps into. And he acts under the authority of Jesus. He understands authority. Jesus actually links his understanding of authority to his level of faith. If you want a higher faith level, begin to understand authority. The centurion did, and Jesus commended him for his faith. What areas in our life do we need to act on knowing that God is able? What miracle do you need? Maybe it's a restored relationship, maybe it's a job, maybe it's finance, maybe it's healing. Maybe for you, you're in here and you're praying right at this moment for your child, young person, sibling, maybe it's a mum or dad to come back to faith. Have you given up because it's just taken too long? Do we act on the knowledge that God is able? See, God is able to work in your situation. Can I read Ephesians again for us? So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now, to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine according to his power that it is, that it is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and, Christ, and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. It's about him. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about him, his ability, his power, his dynamic power. So what are we asking for or dreaming for? What are we placing our hope in? Is it in God's ability or is it in my ability? And that word, able, dynamis, it's literally where we get the word dynamite, that explosive power, power and capacity. According to God's explosive, expansive power. Let's take a quick look at Just a few of God's attributes that we see through the Word of God. God is omnipotent. That means He's all-powerful. Everything that can be done, He can do. He is omniscient. He is all-knowing. He is omnipresent. No, sorry. He is omnipresent. That means His presence is everywhere. But He is also omnibenevolent. That means He is all-good, all-powerful, all-knowing, all-good all present? Which of these infinite properties do you think don't cover your needs, your dreams, your aspirations, your hopes? I'm speaking still through to our online community as well. Which of those have you forgotten? As you've grown up, have you given up? Not given up on yourself, but given up on believing God? So what are some of the areas that the Bible says God is able? Daniel 3, 17 says this. If we are thrown, this this is a group of young guys who are in a dire situation. If we're thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to save us from it. And he will rescue us from your hand, O King. He's able to deliver us. Within our finances. 2 Corinthians says this, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each man or person should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, he has scattered abroad his gifts to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the the harvest of your righteousness. You will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion and through us your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. The service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of God's people but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. I don't want to make this about finance, but there are people that are finding it tough. On the edge of poverty, maybe in this room or maybe online, God is able. If you read through these verses, they actually begin to set some financial principles. Sowing the seed. Then expect God to bring his harvest of kindness back into our lives. God expects us to be farmers and all the farmers that are right this moment thankful that my wife has come and brought the rain from the UK with her are saying, thank God. We can expect to harvest because God is able. Not put your money in, pull the slot machine and everything pours out. It doesn't say that. We use these verses out of context. And try and play faith like a lottery ticket. It isn't like that at all. There is a right time, a right place and a right reason for God's pouring back into our lives see, the right reason is it's so that thanks go to him, not so that we can buy another big truck, although that would be nice. We can believe God for delivering, for healing as well. Mark 2 still tells the story of the account of Jesus healing the man whose friends let him in through the roof. Jesus saw their faith. Yes, there was a response to their faith, It was through their actions. They didn't just believe that their friend could be healed. They actually brought him to Jesus. They let him down. They destroyed Imagine, we think it might be Peter's house or Peter's mom's house. Imagine that. You're there, Peter, in the room. And suddenly there's like this shaking. And the dust starts to fall. What the heck? And suddenly a big hole opens up. We love the miracle. I wonder what Peter did afterwards. I don't know, just a thought. Sometimes miracles cause disturbance. But this guy, the the friends brought this guy to Jesus. And I'd love at the end of the service to be able to pray for for people that need healing. We'll pray together. It isn't about someone particular. It's about us as a community praying. He is also able to save those who draw near to him. What do people see of God? What do people in our world see of God? They, I believe they can see healing in the middle of brokenness. They can see acceptance in the middle of rejection. They see generosity beyond measure. They see healing in broken marriages. They see his ability to transform your life. They see you as a follower of Christ because we represent him. They see the church. We see God's kindness, and it's in reality. And in the scriptures, we're told in Romans 10, I haven't got time to read it because time has already gone, but we we see God's kindness bringing people to him. Sorry, Romans 2. And our faith in action should be inviting people and telling them about Christ and bringing them into a place where they experience him, which is the church. Bible says God is able
1: God is with us God is on our side He will See, this
0: isn't about you. I hope we're getting this message. It's about God. God is able. He's able to deliver us. He's able to provide in our finance. He's able to bring healing into our lives. He's able to save those who are far from him. So what am I imagining? Can I get a bit personal for you? I guess I'm starting my ministry hear my leadership here in this church i see a church where our entrepreneurs are creating wealth which is used for growing the kingdom of jesus i see a church that somehow is creating employment opportunities for people i see a church that's saving live, lives through its global and local partnerships A church where the prodigals remember that they were so much better off when they were part of our community. I'm imagining a church where our indigenous people feel welcomed home and fully, completely part of our community. I'm imagining a church where finance flows into local communities to alleviate poverty. I'm imagining a church where racism is not just given verbal assent, but is actually eradicated within our community. I see a church that is large enough not just for Saskatoon but for maybe our country to sit up and take notice. I'm imagining a church that the police want to work with because we're actually having an impact in girls not just being not taken but where traffickers Human trafficking has been closed down in our area. That's that's what I'm imagining. Now, some of those things are happening, but some are not. But God is able. I come back to, yet again, God is able.
1: God is with us.
0: As I said at the end, we're going to stand and we're going to pray. But I want us to look at what my part is. See, it's not about us, but we have a part to play. Isn't it amazing that God partners with us? He chooses the weak. He chooses the broken. And we have a part to play in all of this. Proverbs 21 31, which is one of my favourite verses, it says, Prepare the horse for battle, but the victory is the Lord's. You see, we do what we do. And then God actually brings what only He can do. In the area of finance. Are you budgeting? Are you are you putting your finance where God has asked you to put it? Are you planning so that you can actually give to the poor, be generous, and the house of God, rather than seeing what's left over at the end? God chooses you and me to work with. Are you praying for healing? Yes, we go to the doctors. Yes, we do what we're called to do in terms of medicine. We live in a great country where we have that privilege to do that. But also, are you continuing to pray for healing? I loved Tuesday night. We were in here and the team were here, and Darcy just stood up and said, Hey, we're going to pray for one particular guy yet again and maybe we've been praying we have been praying quite a while for Ishan haven't we and we're going to continue to pray because we believe that God is a healing God see are we when we're praying for those that are far off to come close to him and make a decision are we actually inviting them to church are we, are we inviting them into this environment? And, and, and I don't mean just once, and they say no. I mean, are we continuing? I know it gets a bit much, but when you think about the, the parable that Jesus told of the, the seed and the sower and the different types of ground. See, often the different types of ground, hard ground can be changed to soft ground over a period of time if the right work is done. Maybe, maybe we've sown some seed once and given up because of that. If we've been around church for a while, we love the walking on the water story of Peter, the account of Peter. But you know what? I don't know that we need more people walking on water like Peter. I fully believe we need more people like Andrew, who we hardly ever hear of at all. Yet he is the one person that continually brought people to Jesus. And I might unpack that a bit more, but do you know who brought Peter to Jesus? It was his brother, Andrew. When you read through and and, and look at Andrew, he actually often sees something that other people don't. Do you know who brought the, the young boy with the five loaves and two fishes to Jesus? It was Andrew. Because maybe, just maybe, he saw something that the other disciples didn't see and thought, I wonder if Jesus could do something with this let's not give up. There needs to be a substance. As Hebrews 11 verse 1, there needs to be a substance and evidence, a relying on who God is because he is able. Imagine if we not only hope for it. Let me me take a step back. Imagine if as we grow up or when we've grown up, we haven't given up. We don't allow circumstances and time to take away some of that stuff in our lives. But imagine if we not only hope to do it or achieve it, imagine if we have faith, reliance on God for it. See, that's the substance. That's what people see of our faith. We as the church should be bringing a message of hope to our world. Can I ask you what you're praying for today? What are you praying for today? I want to come back again to... Maybe for you, it's your son or daughter to come back to faith, or come to faith for the first time. Maybe you're through online and that's one of the things that you guys are praying for. Is that something you're praying for? Because that's one of the things, I need to let you know, that's one of the things that's on my heart. has been for many years, probably because I was that person. And My mum and dad and my grandparents and two old ladies in church, Auntie Mary, Auntie Amy, they're now gone to be with Jesus many many years ago but they continually prayed for me to come back to faith have you given up maybe that's what you're praying for can i can i say i'll pray with you i might not know the names but i will pray with you maybe you're praying for your marriage to be healed we'll pray together maybe maybe you're praying to find contentment in your singleness because you know what the bible talks about singleness and marriage a lot, Paul particularly. He doesn't elevate one above the other. Unfortunately, the church does, but the Bible doesn't. Society does, but the Bible doesn't. Maybe you're praying for healing from cancer. Can I pray with you? Why don't you stand? If you're praying for one of those situations, can I ask you to do something? This might be just a little evidence of faith for you. Can I ask you to reach out, put your hands in the air. Just keep them up while I pray. You're saying, yeah, God, I, I'm, I'm here. This is, this is the very tip of the substance and evidence of my prayer. So many people praying for things. I love that. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't grow up and give up. Father God. So many hands raised for people that are relying on you. People that are saying, God, it's your ability, not mine, but I want to partner with you in this. People praying for healing, people praying for financial provision, people praying for jobs, for for marriages to be restored, for contentment, for peace, for relatives, friends, children to come back to faith or come to faith. God we stand together as a community in reliance on you. Because it's not about us. It is about the very simple thing that God is able.